You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, Connor Brown. Welcome to Offsides, the Friday edition with your Friday host, possibly the best host of Offsides, Connor Brown, as I'm joined here with Mr. Birthday Boy, Shomer, and Justin of the Roan Sports Department. Boys, how is your Friday? Uh, Friday's going so far. Well, um, it's decent. I mean, it's my birthday, so shout out to me, man. Twenty four. Yeah, big two four, man. Big two four, my Kobe year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's cool. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, I had a class earlier, but pretty much just chilled. Besides that, so yeah, just class and chilling. Chilling, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I I could use some chilling. I've been been on it since 5 30 uh this morning but uh working through it having some fun i mean what better way to end a friday than to you know g- get some guys from the sports department talk some shop t- talk some sports and we got a packed show today i mean because we got the super bowl coming up on sunday mm-hmm. we had hall of fame inductees for the nfl in the nba uh we didn't have an offsides on wednesday so no one was here to discuss lebron becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history, passing Kareem. Crazy. Crazy NBA trade deadline. But before we get into professional sports, I think I would be remiss if we didn't start off with Rowan. You know, our our proud university (laughs) making SportsCenter top 10 their number one play. And it was unfortunately for the wrong reasons. And actually, Justin was in the building at NJCU when it happened. Mr. Locke, take us through, you know, what what transpired the other night in Jersey City. So, of course, uh, there was a couple of ejections earlier in the second half with Marcellus Ross, one of the starters, going, getting into a little scuffle, you want to call it. And Mike Davey, off the bench, 6'10", of course, runs over, and he gets ejected. And one of the uh, Gothic Knights, Keyshawn Smith, who's their second or third leading scorer, gets ejected on that play. And it took around 10 minutes for the game to even get back started after that. And going into the last possession, I even on the call, because I looked through the file, obviously, and I say as long as the pass doesn't get stolen on the inbound, if they hit one, we should be fine. And we rushed the pass in there, and 2.8 seconds left. Their point guard uh, battle shoots it from a step, maybe two steps inside half court, and the, cr- the crowd just – goes wild and i mean one of, one of the craziest endings i mean you, you absolutely you, you can possibly not even just see but but think of two three-pointers in the last 2.5 seconds i remember seeing the headline of it from Rowan athletics before i saw the video and when i saw the video i i i didn't know what to say it was just ridiculous that that game was crazy because i was i was back at the studio for that game yep. and um it was a bit of a lag because I heard Justin make the call, and then it was just like, "Oh, what happened?" And then he was just like, "I can't believe what just happened." Him and Aaron just going crazy, and I'm just like, "I'm just waiting back in the studio watching the game," and I'm I'm seeing it unfold. I'm like, "No, no, 
no no and it really it, it all just went like you really just had to just in the moment you just couldn't believe it yeah and even during the ejections i couldn't see what happened exactly so how did they get ejected so why did see so seager and battle were kind of got into i think seager got called for a foul and battle said something to him battle's smaller i think 5'11 maybe and yeah seager 6'7 so like it was but those two just didn't even they didn't get ejected so it it just kind of the bunches cleared, and then it was we just didn't know. And then the first guy to, to walk off was Gothic Knight Keyshawn Smith because he just literally just walked right out. And then uh, I saw Davey jump up and run out there, so I knew he was probably involved. And but the thing is, um, we didn't shoot technical free throws; they did. Yeah, even and though Keyshawn Smith got about. ejected. Mm-hmm. So, but as Davey was leaving, the crowd was chirping at him, and I was like. I was like, it's going to take five of you to even to take Davey on. I was like, there's right, no yeah. reason to do all that. And, <laughs> and that's why the crowd – and I said, once that happened, it was like a, the animosity just kind of went and then it pointed to their side, and they actually took a lead right after that. And then uh, Dickerson missed a couple of free throws at the end that if we hit that, even if they would have got this, the six-point swing, it would have been a tie, which would have right. been a different – we would have went to overtime. And But it's it's a miracle that happened for them, so – like I said in the post-game report, it had to be a miracle for them to win this game. And it literally took a miracle for them to win this game. Yeah, they're definitely having a miracle answered. And uh, before we move on to the NFL, just one more point to harp on this was when we were – me and Danny and our other roommate, uh, Dave, we were watching uh, Wednesday Night Basketball. I forget – I'm pretty sure it was the Dallas Clippers game. And mm. it was in the fourth quarter. They were doing a tease for – you know Scott Van Pelt's Sports Center after because he does the the night show, and he was doing a little tease talking about some you know action that was happening around like sports, college sports, and then he mentioned a crazy D three basketball finish, and all of our eyes just perked up. We were like, oh, that's gonna be Rowan, and it was literally like the first thing that they showed, and it, it was just pretty cool. Unfortunately, the, it, was, um, it, 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 it didn't go our yeah. way. But yeah, we made it for the wrong reasons. But at the same time, you know, publicity, good or bad, it's still good. So I, I'm just glad Rowan got a little little shine, even though it was for the wrong reasons. That was an 11 game win streak. I know that was La- uh, first first fifth, loss in conference. Yeah. Too. Oh man! But as well as like, because of course the call isn't me; it's the guy at NJCU, yeah. and his voice is to say annoying is an understatement uh, yeah. <laughs> and I even put like a little like clip on my Twitter like me c- uh-huh. calling it instead of him no nah, I was hoping they got your call because your call was just crazy because he's like what what's going on oh. no no yeah. like it was, I it was, it was like oh my call. god battle from half court and he the guy on the call says oh floater from I'm like that's not a floater yeah, he but floats it from like half I'm like uh, I can't float but, it man yeah you could but you yeah well, we'll let the man have his moment and I think that's enough about, about Rowan as uh, we have a big game coming up this Sunday as the Eagles and Chiefs prepare to face off. This this Super Bowl is going to be a really close, really well-played game, I think. I, I don't think there's any other way around it to think, think about it. Um, I still don't have a definitive answer on who I think is going to win this game, but I wanted to open the table to kind of talk about some of the things that each team is going to have to do to win well um to really like that that's well first of all i'm picking the chiefs that's i'm just 
putting and, that out. And you're confident in that? Yes, I'm okay. very. I mean, I was no, confident last time. No, I, I got you. I, I, I'm just saying personally. I don't know definitively who I I think is going to win yet. Oh really? I mean, yeah. you would. I, I think you might be going against the Eagles just because you know that's your well, yeah, rival. But, you know, you know I, mean? I I'm trying to be unbiased here and looking at both teams. You know, just from a talent perspective and what they've done this year. Um, but I, I want to hear about you and your in your Chiefs pick though. So um, the reason why I it, it was an interesting part, right? So this 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 little thing that I nitpicked, right? Only the only counter I have to that is that the M. The M- the NFL MVP, right? He he got MVP last night. Since 1999, the MVP has not won the Super Bowl, which is a really crazy stat. So that's my only counter to it. But for them to win, you can't bet against the GOAT, like I said last time. Because when you try to bet against him last time and you said Joe Burrow was going to do pretty good, what happened? I mean, Joe Burrow did, did pretty good in that game. I mean, but it, it did come down to the last play. Yeah. I understand. But – did you really ever doubt Patrick Mahomes in that moment? I didn't fully doubt him. It, I, I wasn't like this going to be a blowout, but I was I was riding with Burrow, and, I, and I'll, I'll stick with that take because oh. I, I I still think that was the correct just... take. In the, well, obviously the outcome wasn't correct, right? But still, what I was going for at that time, Mahomes hadn't beaten him in the playoffs yet, or in Burrow had also owned him in the regular season. So I was just riding with the hot hand, and I always take the hot hand. But you do bring up a, a great point that. You can't really go against Patrick Mahomes fully. Justin, how, how do you feel about this game? Do, do you have a team that you're confident in that is going to win, or you're a little bit more like me, you're still on the fence about it? I mean, I am an Eagles fan, but I'm not a biased Eagles fan. I, I think it's going to be close regardless. I don't think it's going to be a blowout in any, uh, any way. I think, of course, I think the Eagles can win. I don't think it's like a... 70 30 or i think it's probably maybe a 55 45 i have philly with the advantage right now i just think it really depends on the health of the ankle of mahomes as he did get pushed out of bounds on that last last play before the kick uh, to win it obviously and i do think this eagles defense of course hassan reddick had a, a big game against the 49ers he's had a great season all year and i i think if he can somehow get to mahomes once or twice and he Mahomes somehow not not preying on an injury obviously but we've seen Purdy got hurt what a quarter not even into the game and then Josh Johnson who the backup got hurt as well so you never know with injuries here and that last play you could say Mahomes kind of flopped on the on the outside of it but again I don't think it's his ankles fully healthy at all and this Eagles team had 70 plus sacks this year so Mahomes, I do believe Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. I, I feel like it's a no-brainer. I think Josh Allen's narrative is getting pushed. Joe Burrow, which I do think they're contenders. It's the top three quarterbacks easily. And I think if thrown out a score, I would say like 33-27 to 27 Philadelphia. That sounds a little biased. Just saying. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, yeah. you, you put a lot of points out for the Eagles. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's relatively okay. But, you know, it just sounds biased. Yeah, well, here's the thing, too, though, with the Eagles. If if they're going to win, I, I should rephrase this. They're going to win if their defensive line is able to create havoc like they did against San Francisco. Now, I, I don't buy into all the – if Brock Party didn't get hurt in that game, it would have been the same result. I think it definitely would have been closer. I don't think you can really look at me and truthfully tell me that you go from a guy who was 6-0 and as a starter – 
getting hurt to Josh Johnson, who has been on countless teams. I mean, teams that don't even exist anymore in, in other leagues as well. You can't tell me that Brock Party, if he was in there, it would be the same result. No, I, I don't think so. But at the same time, the Eagles, I think, definitely still would have won the game because of how much havoc they were wreaking on the, on the defensive line. I mean, that's all they could do, though. Offensively, they weren't getting anything in that 49ers game. Um, when you look at it, most of them came from multiple turnovers that they were forced from. I think it was like three, what, three forced uh, fumbles. And offensively, Jalen Hurts played his worst game. So now going into the Super Bowl, when you uh, it, you look at Patrick Mahomes and how easily he could score with weapons that he didn't really have the previous time, even with Tyreek Hill being the biggest one uh, being gone, there's gonna, they're going to put up numbers on the Eagles. Whether they can respond, that's going to be the hard part because I don't think they can respond the way that the Chiefs put up numbers. Yeah, I mean, it. I, Justin, what, what do you think about that? Because I, I, I do think there's some truth to that, that Jalen Hurts does hasn't put up the numbers that he has put up in the regular season in the postseason. I mean, because there's been a couple games like right before then that he wasn't really – they didn't score that many on touchdowns. Like they touch, they didn't score double digit touchdowns like in the last couple games of the season. So and then going into that championship game, they faced the Giants. The Giants, no offense to you, the Giants weren't that great offensively no, to begin weren't. with. Yeah. And then they go in to beat up, go into another team that's beat up that barely has their at their third string quarterback. No offense to Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy has been carrying them to the point that they they were. But it's still not any dynamic offense that they haven't like tried to stop. You know, it's not the uh, the Chiefs' offense. If they can do that, great. But yeah, I, I do think some of the the Eagles' offensive stats they don't look as good as um, you might think that they're playing because the defense has given them a lot of short fields and created a lot of opportunities for them. So I, I do think if this defensive dominance carries over into the Super Bowl, it's going to be a lot for Patrick Mahomes to 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 handle because, like you said. Uh, he, he's doing all this without the weapons that he's ha- that he had in the past, you know, in Tyreek Hill, doing it with a bunch of new guys. It, it's going to be tough to see if it, if it can hold up in the Super Bowl against against the Eagles because not only do they have a dominant defensive line, mm-hmm. they have playmakers too in the secondary. So oh, yeah, no, their secondary is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It, you know they they have you know a lot of depth back there. Uh, Justin, if for both sides, who do you think would be most likely to win Super Bowl MVP for each team to win? I would – it's kind of the boring pick, but I, I feel like the quarterback nine times out of ten gets the MVP. I think Cooper Cup right. got it last year, but you can – Non-quarterback, because you're, you're right. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it, it, it is more than likely going to be either Jalen Hurts or Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes for whichever team wins, but non-quarterback for both teams That's if they win. Who's the MVP? The Chiefs, at least. For – the Eagles, I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. I feel like the rush, the running game has to be good for them in that game. I can't, you can't just go to AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and hope for the best. Goddard, I mean, I could say one of those names, but the thing is, you're always gonna get your rushing attempts. I mean, Sanders didn't at the end of the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's got a lot more carries and he scored a couple of times in the in the playoffs so far. And for Kansas City, I'm gonna go Isaiah Pacheco. I think. South Jersey guy. He actually went to high school where I went, and he another bias pick. Another bias pick, of course. I mean, on the record, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, again, it's the Chiefs. I think he stepped up this year. He's a running back one as a rookie was 
a bottom five pick in the draft last year. Nobody thought he was going to play, and now he's starting over uh, McKinnon. I mean, McKinnon's technically RB two, so he gets splits carries. But I I don't think a big game from. I mean, I feel like defensive uh, MVPs don't happen often. I mean, you can name probably a couple off hand if you really want to, but I don't think. I don't. Is Juju healthy? Is he playing in that game? I I believe. I saw a tweet before the episode started that the Chiefs had taken everyone off of their injury report. So I think they're going to have their full repertoire of, of uh, wide receivers. Mm. I do think an interesting name, though, for uh, if we're talking about defensive players that could potentially uh, win the MVP, I think it would be Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Yes. Because mm-hmm. to me, he's, he's going to be imperative in the game because if he can help create pressure against Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. that's going to be a huge – I mean, that's going to level the playing field as much as they can against the Eagles' defensive front. Yeah, 15 and a half sacks in, uh, into the regular season. That's fourth best overall in the NFL. So, I mean, hey, that's that. if I were to pick for the Chiefs, outside of Patrick Mahomes, it would definitely be him. For the Eagles, it's a mixture of things because are, are we going to count the regular season or are we just going to count what they potentially could do in this game? In this game. Just in this game? Yeah, it, it, with, with some context uh, from the regular season in this game that will uh, take us to break. Wow. Uh, everything within me wants me to say Darius Slay, but, you know, it, it probably most likely will come from, like, A.J. Brown. Because the way that he's been all season will definitely carry into this into the championship game. Yeah. No, I, no, I definitely don't see uh, an issue with that. We have seen, you know, wide receivers win the Super Bowl MVP in the past, like last season with Cooper uh, Cup. Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Name that always comes to mind is Santonio Holmes. But if Santonio Holmes doesn't win it, 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 if the Steelers don't win that game, it was going to be Larry Fitzgerald. So either wide receiver is definitely going to win the MVP award for that. Right. But anyway, I think we have a good start discussion to the Super Bowl. Uh, definitely excited. Uh, when we come back from break, We're going to do uh, just our score predictions of the game, and then we're going to move on to some of the new Hall of Famers that will be inducted into Canton coming up this summer. So be sure to stick around. But first, a WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motors who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source of campus news and information. You're tuning in to Offsides with your Friday host, Connor Brown. Be sure to stick around because we have more sports talk coming up after the break. Can't get enough of the oldies? Join me, Greg May. And me, Matty K. Every Saturday from 8 p.m. till midnight as we explore the top songs on the Billboard Hot 100 charts of yesteryear. You'll hear everything from the Bee Gees to the King of Rock and Roll, Chairman of the Board, and more. Each week features a special theme hour that'll have you rocking and rolling all night long. It's Saturday night at the oldies. Every Saturday at 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is Connor Brown with you on Offsides every Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. on Channel 2 at RowanRadio.com as I'm here with Shomer Ben Yisrael and Justin Locke of the Rowan Sports, excuse me, Rowan Radio Sports Department here in Glassboro, New Jersey. And before the break, we're doing a little Super Bowl Sunday talk. Uh, some guys who, you know, we think are going to win MVP, uh, who's going to win and what. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the the hall, the new Hall of Fame inductees for 2023. Uh, but before we move on to that, I just want to get go around and get some quick score predictions for the game. Uh, you can give an exact score, like a 27 to 24, or you could say a team by a certain amount of points, however you want to phrase it. Just tell me the score and tell me why. Or you could tell me why and then tell me the score. I'm going to go... Um... I kind of said mine, so I'm just going to say Eagles by six. Maybe not 33-27, but I do think the Eagles can win by a touchdown. So what what do you think is going to be the X factor in that game, in the game? I, I think I think it will be a, a shootout. I think it's going to be back and forth. I think both defenses can get to the quarterback. I just I think that Hurts is going to have one rushing touchdown, maybe the last touchdown they score, and – because I, I think that Brown might get one and Goddard, maybe a Sanders rushing touchdown. I, But, again, I, I the, the offensive weapons on Philly, I mean, you could say, Kel, obviously, Kelsey and Mahomes are best duo in the league, you could say. And But I don't think um, – like, Juju, Juju's had an okay season. I mean, I do think, again, the rushing game is going to matter for them, McKinnon, Pacheco, and I just think it's going to come down to a, maybe a rushing touchdown. Or it could be A.J. Brown over the top over Justin Reed in the corner. It could be anything, really. Yeah, I do agree with you that it's like the Chiefs have two Porsches, but the Eagles have five on offense. Mm. You know, you know, toys to play with that are just pedal to the metal, top tier, you know, some of the best at their position and really talented guys and also the defensive front. So you got the Eagles by six. Shomer, tell me how the Chiefs are going to beat the – proud city of philadelphia on sunday i think it's gonna be 24 27 chiefs um i have a feeling it might just come down to a field goal i'm not gonna lie it, it might just it gives that that sense of it'll be a, it'll be like a back and forth definitely up to that point it, like it would definitely be like you know they'll i just really feel like it'll be just be a back and forth something gives me the feeling i want overtime to happen mm. I really want overtime to happen, but it won't be that high of a score. It would probably be at, like, maybe 24-24 going into overtime. And then both teams slinging it back and forth in the end zones and for an overtime because that's the only way I see that probably happening. I would want that to happen, but 
you know um, otherwise i think it's going to be uh 27 24 chiefs so to me if i had to pick today i, w- I would go with the chiefs um I, I i've been thinking about it and what you started off the show kind of you know giving me a little a little uh taste of my medicine for taking burrow <laughs> over Mahomes in, in the last game i mean hey if you want to go with the you know hurts by all means you know what i mean i'm not i'm not yeah. taking anything away from uh. hurts he did great this season so i mean you know yeah and but like your logic i was thinking the same thing i just got to go with Mahomes because i feel like both teams are, are pretty evenly matched i i'd maybe give the eagles a little bit of an edge if you're going depth by each position mm-hmm. but they don't have Mahomes, and, and jalen hurts is nothing to, to scoff at either but Mahomes is something that we haven't seen before you know tom brady is the goat because of the longevity of his career and how many super bowls he won but mahomes there's something different about that guy the way he throws the ball the way he moves his body the fact that he's playing on a high ankle sprain still and i mean last week you could tell it, it was affecting him a little bit but he still looked pretty gosh darn good so i, I am also going to pick the chiefs by three as well yeah. i i think it's going to come down to to a fuel yeah. goal it's gonna be close my opinion could change uh by sunday too yeah I'm, I'm not i i can't really for like stick with this pick like it's yeah. something tells me it'll be higher but i just think i'm just pick something safe yeah, yeah i'm not ready to quite set in stone um but either way i mean i me and shomer come out as winners because either our friends are happy and we get mm-hmm. to maybe miss class to go to a parade right or we get to glow in the faces of people like Justin. So, just oh, the whole no, sports department. No, really. no pressure on you this weekend as an Eagles fan, oh, yeah. Justin. You know, of course, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm one of. Them, I mean, you can say I'm biased, call picks today, but I'm not a fan that's uh, in the group chat screaming at people. Yeah. I mean, Danny two weeks ago was very, of course, <laughs> our sports director, very. Um, <laughs> He's coming at next, you could say. And let him know. Let him know. What, yeah. what was Danny doing? I mean, he was coming at a lot of New York fans, I would say. Of course, uh, per usual. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, people were catching strays left and right pretty much. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Hurts played well in that San Francisco game. I think we, we ran the ball well. I But it was 7-7 seven to seven for a while. And, I mean, McCaffrey got the touchdown for them, obviously. And if they would have had any passing game, it would have been – down to the wire, I think. So, let's say I'm very, I'm realistic t- for the most part. I would say for most of the teams I like, and again, I of course I would love the Eagles to win. If they lost, it'd be upsetting, of course. But I'm not a fan that's gonna uh, cry for days or anything like mm-hmm. that. That's just not who I am. Other yeah. people, and it's if you love your team, you love your team. That's that's how it is. And some people take losses differently, and. Oh, and yeah. some people take wins differently. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if they win, I'm not going to jump up and down and tell the whole gr- group chat to do whatever they want to do. You know, like, I'm not going to do that. It's just not me. I mean, I think Danny Ryan will do plenty of that and whoever else in that chat wants to do that. But Danny Ryan catching strays on the Friday edition offsides. I, I, yes. I love it, man. Yes. I do yeah. want to talk some NBA because we have a lot to talk there. Um, but before we get to that, I just wanted to go through the 2023 Hall of Fame inductees. Uh, this was announced just yesterday. Cornerback Rondé Barber, Darrell Rivas, my guy, Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, and Joe Thomas, who is the tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Zach Thomas was a linebacker for the Dolphins. Demarcus Ware was a uh, outside linebacker, pass rusher for the Broncos and Cowboys. 
Revis Island, everyone knows, famous for just absolutely being the best cornerback yes. ever with, yes. with with the Jets, yes. not being hyperbolic. Rondé Barber, longtime Buccaneer cornerback. I think I already you know, revealed my answer to who I think is the best in the group. But as a Jets fan, Shomer, I want you to tell me about Mr. Darrell Revis. Yes, I'm going full-blown bias here. I'm going to take him. He's been... Come on, man. Like, biased I, or not? I'll be biased. Like, come on, like, man. Like, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ, even though it wasn't with my team. But he's still, like, Revis Island started in New York, okay? That was a great year. Defensive play of the year. Like, what more could you ask, man? And it, I, I, this is what I will say, right? This man went into the Hall of Fame with his, his career... His playing career with the Jets is what helped propel him to the Hall of Fame. Not only, yes, getting the Super Bowl was, yeah, put him up there, upper echelon, but it's what he did with the Jets is what propelled him. So I just want to take, put something out there since nobody wants to give the Jets credit for anything, anything. It, it would so. be egregious if he went into the Hall of Fame. Anything else, than, than a, he has to go in as a Jet. Yes, no, yes. There's no way around it. He definitely built his Hall of Fame career with the Jets. Justin... Um, eight years with the Jets. Kind of curious who you think is the best out of the group, and if it is Revis, um, you know, maybe talk to me another, about another player that stands out. I'm gonna pick Joe Thomas here. Joe Thomas, I mm, think not bad. I think Joe Thomas is an underrated ta uh, offensive tackle. Uh, he played in 160 straight games, and he only missed nine games. It was within the last season. He's a 10-time Pro Bowler, played in 11 years. So really. If he would have played that 11th season fully, I think he probably could have got it. I, again, I like Revis. I think Revis, again, I have, I have Thomas, then Revis. Like I made a little one through five list here, and I think the biggest thing for me, you could say that Revis does have that the ring, which I think football football rings are different than NBA rings and MLB rings and stuff like that. But I just feel like Revis. For his entire career, I think in the in the Jets uniform, easily was the best corner. There's no you, no you debate, no debate at all. I do think those three seasons where I think he played three seasons not in a Jet jersey. No, nah, yeah, he played one year as uh, Kansas City, uh, one year with New England, and one year with Tampa Bay. Yeah, and on on the that the New England team, I don't remember if he. I think he did have a solid year that year. I don't know exactly off the top of the head, but. I do remember Joe Thomas being like the offensive tackle in the league from 2007 to 17, and I just think like if we're going off who's the best individual, I think Revis is a top five corner. I mean that's I don't think that's a crazy take. I think it's no, reasonable, that's a valid take. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do think if somebody told me that Joe Thomas was the number one offensive tackle, I wouldn't look at them funny at all. I think he's very underrated. Mm -hmm. I think if he would have played a couple more seasons, he would be guaranteed number one and. But I do think Revis is a, a close second, as you guys have already said, Revis, and, of course, New York fans, of course. So. I mean, put him, put Joe Thomas on a championship team. He has a couple rings. Just saying. If he didn't have his most of his career within uh, yeah, Cleveland. Well, I think it's it's more impressive that he spent his whole career in Cleveland, yeah. uh, you know, starting for for 10 years for them. and I don't know how he did it. Didn't jump ship. I don't know how he did it. I don't know either. Um, You know, I, I think – Personally, too, that Darrell Revis is definitely the best out of that group. Can't it's hard to argue Joe Thomas number two, and then that's where things get a little shaky, little shaky because you know Zach Thomas and Rondé Barber were definitely a little bit before my time. Mm -hmm. I do remember some of uh, Zach Thomas, and Zach Thomas is definitely a stud. I mean, he's all famer. Same with Rondé, 
But Demarcus Ware, when he was at the top of his game with the Cowboys and the Broncos, mm -hmm. he was dominant. He helped, you know, the Broncos get that Super Bowl with Von Miller, that dominant defense. Peyton Manning was throwing ducks all season. It, it wasn't yeah, he, he was anything to do with, with the offense. So Demarcus Ware was definitely a problem as well and definitely recognized, deserves the recognition to be a NFL Hall of Famer. I think that's enough for the NFL. Uh, but before we wrap up, I just want to – you guys have any closing thoughts or – Let's go, Chiefs, baby. I just want to say one thing about that uh, <laughs> that DeMarcus Ware uh, Broncos team because I don't feel – I feel like Peyton Manning doesn't get a lot of, like, slack for that season. He played very bad. He was hurt. I mean, Brock Oswald was winning games for the Broncos. It was – and they were beating the Patriots and, like, they beat – I mean, obviously, I think Peyton played that, that playoff game, but – there was a game in the snow in, in that year where Brock Osweiler and C.J. Anderson led C. you to a yep. win. Like, mm -hmm. it's and that defense was I mean Von Miller, Marcus Ware, they had a lot of pieces. And I just feel like Peyton kind of gets a uh, whatever you won the Super Bowl that year. But that defense really I mean Cam Newton got absolutely shut down in that Super Bowl. Yeah, but. that was that was a and it was in New Jersey. That was a terrible. Yeah, terrible so, Super Bowl. Well, I think that was the one in New Jersey. Or was no, it? No, that, that that was the first one in. That was the first Super Bowl he was with with the Broncos. That was against Seattle. That was against Seattle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was terrible. That was terrible. But, yeah. All right, well, some good NFL talk here on offsides. We're going to transition things over to the NBA. And like I said to begin the show, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we didn't have a Wednesday episode, so there's no one here to discuss Mr. LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer as – he recorded 38,387th point against the Oklahoma City's Thunder to get the record. It was quite the game. I mean, it did end up in a loss, uh, so it actually wasn't quite the game. It was quite the moment. Was, yeah. I, felt I knew it was coming in a loss. That's the sad part. You got that feeling, especially with the way AD was playing. Uh, he, he was kind of in a bad mood, it seemed like, all, all game mm -hmm. long. But, I mean, you can't take away from what LeBron did especially do with like a fadeaway. I mean, that, that was, you know, mm -hmm. that's how you always dream it up, you know, uh, an MJ esque fadeaway to get the record. I mean, we got to talk about this guys. It, it, yeah. It's hard not to say that LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. And before I, I get your opinions on that, on, uh, you know, I don't want to turn this into a full blown LeBron MJ debate. Oh yeah. But leading up to LeBron getting to that scoring record, Colin Coward had a really good segment about how that's my man. Yeah, that's how MJ, in a lot of ways, is very jealous of LeBron. If you noticed, the Last Dance was approved like a day after LeBron led that historic 2016 3-1 comeback in the finals against the Warriors. So before that, no one could use any of the footage to make a documentary about you know uh, MJ or anything like that. LeBron does this special thing. All of a sudden, there's the last dance now. Now, now, you, can, now you can start making it. Mm -hmm. And then as we were approaching the scoring record here, all of a sudden on the ESPN, 223 is MJ Day. Out, 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 out of, of nowhere. nowhere. I was wondering yeah, the same thing, too. That. I'd never seen 223 day a day in my life. And MJ, like, he has to approve all this stuff and, and, and say that he wants to do it. So... It's, it's hard to not argue for LeBron being the greatest player of all time when he seems like he's in who people think is the GOAT's head. Uh, hmm. 
It's, this is always a difficult thing. All right, so I, I, know, I, I don't want to turn this into yeah, a it's not, it's, I'm not going to put it into a debate. If you guys want to catch the debate, you can always tune into the L1 podcast. And, mm. You know, we can talk about it right there. Because even, like, like literally, like, last week on the last episode I discussed, um, the question was brought up. Like, since LeBron was about to break the scoring record, I picked my goat at the time to be Michael Jordan, right? But I said if LeBron breaks the scoring title, he's my greatest player of all time. Because due to two things that solidified it for me, it was one, when he got snubbed that twenty the 2018 season, I think when he carried that team to the finals, and he was really like little, I think he was averaging at least 30 a game or something close to that, or 27. But he was, LeBron was on a different level at that at that moment in 2018. And when he led 3-1 come back, in the 2016 NBA Finals. That solidified it for me. Because it's like how, like, he came back to from uh, from Miami to go back to Cleveland, win the whole thing after being scrutinized for not doing it the first time against the Spurs back in 07. How could you not consider him the GOAT at this point, you know? Justin, what do you think? Hey, wait, before you start, Justin, mm-hmm. I, I just want to clarify. Uh, he didn't average 27 a game in the 2018 Finals. He averaged 34 points, 10 assists, and eight and a half rebounds. And you didn't get MVP that season. You know who got MVP that season? That was 27. That was 2018, right? To Harden. Harden. Yep. Harden. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've always had it like cause people always say, "Oh, first and second. I say one A, one B, because for me, my favorite player of all time is LeBron. I first game I ever watched was a, a Miami Heat LeBron game where he was tear, tearing up the league. Obviously, Wade Bosch and for me, I've always said Jordan one more in less time. That's my argument against LeBron is obviously 20th season, but he has four rings. He lost six times in the finals. The Dallas loss to me is the inexcusable one. I think that the KD Warriors, he could not do anything about that. I think the 07 against the Spurs had no chance in that one. But that 2011 one, if he was 5-5 five and five right now, I think there would be no discussion. I think we'd be like LeBron's the greatest. Or if somehow he came out and won, let's say this year he wins a title, people would, there would be no discussion. There would be no discussion. Yep. Not at all. Not a debate anymore. I mean, honestly, what people really based it off of was like, okay, what LeBron's currently doing right now and MJ's accolades. So it was like more of an accolades argument to LeBron becoming the GOAT because MJ did kind of more st- like accolades-wise, not statistically for, from an accolade standpoint. Like, this is the only standpoint I could say from one has a defensive play of the year award and one doesn't. So people would probably put Jordan and over LeBron for that, just for that thing. Now, just to, just to touch on that, uh, one year Marcus Saw got defensive play of the year, but he wasn't on first, uh, all offensive first team. team and LeBron should have got that one. That was, I think it was 13. And right there, that you could say, oh, that's your deploy right there. But a, a thing to go against Jordan, I would say, is before Scottie Pippen, uh, Jordan was one and nine, I believe, in series going in like before nineteen ninety one. Right. And if if you really factor in that the two or the year and a half you could say that Jordan went to play baseball or the gambling issue, whatever you want to say, right? The Bulls were decent that year. They went to back to the playoffs, they won fifty five games. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the, the team the fell off. Yes, yeah, Scotty Pippen, of course. And that's the thing you have to really think about. It's not like the Bulls were only uh using Michael Jordan. Of course, Michael Jordan is Easily one of the best scorers. You could say he's the best scorer. I think he has the highest uh, points per game with like 30 a game. And that's another thing with LeBron. We don't touch on how great of a scorer he is. He's the all-time scorer now. 
And I think he's fifth in points per game all the time behind guys like Will. I think Elgin Baylor's up there, Michael Jordan. And like, and that's why like LeBron's greatness, the longevity, I think, speaks for itself. To be averaging 30, 31, whatever you're averaging right now, for a team that is obviously in the 13th spot right now. But the West right now, well, of course, now some oh, trades. No, I'm about to say, it's not wide open anymore. Uh, yeah. Last I was, I was week, you say a difference, but yeah. This might be a good transition into talking about some of the yeah. – the trade deadline acquisitions. I mean, Kyrie Irving earlier on in the week, and then Kevin Durant. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are just in a full. I'm happy. Full free fall. So am I. I'm happy. I'm yeah, it's it's about time, right? It's about time. It's about time because it, it was the pain that we got from Brooklyn fans is like, oh, the Knicks suck. Y'all couldn't get KD. Y'all didn't want to give him the max, but y'all don't have him no more. Mm-hmm. Nah. Nor Kyrie. So what? Who's who's the better New York team now? We always been we always been the popular team, yeah. So, I mean, and, and the curious thing about it too is it sounds like um, both of them really didn't like Brooklyn. It wasn't just a sense of Kyrie and them didn't get along. It it seemed like Kevin Durant wasn't seeing eye to eye with them either. Yesterday yeah. in a press conference, Kyrie said he was glad to see KD get out. Which I mean, that is pretty alarming of an answer if, if you're a front office of an NBA team that players are saying this but that's enough of kind of like dunking on the nets because I, I do want to touch on not only kd um but his effect going on the phoenix suns moving Man. forward does this make them by far the favorite in the west when you consider chris paul devin booker and kevin durant in the same starting lineup i i would say yeah i mean this team has been they were in the finals 2021 the suns were and they were only two games away from from winning it. They were up 2-0, and they kind of slouched, just how they slouched last year against Dallas. And mm-hmm. that uh, that's I mean, game seven they got absolutely blown out on their home floor. Luca had 27 points. They had 27 at the half. The Walked Suns did down. He, that was an embarrassing loss. For, uh, for like Din, Dinwiddie outscored Booker, Aiton, and Chris Paul in that game. And obviously Dinwiddie just got traded. But uh, again, I like. I mean, I came back from that NJCU game, and I get an alert that KD's going to the Suns. I'm like, there's no way this is – I mean, I, I mean, David Stern rejected a Chris Paul deal, what, 2009, I think, or maybe what year, but where he would have went to the Lakers. And could you imagine Chris Paul in the prime and when he was in the Hornets going to the Lakers, and then Pau Gasol was there? They, it would have been – Pandemonium. Easy. I mean, obviously they won back-to-back anyway without the trade, but – could you imagine if he would have played a couple years there? So, yeah, I think Chris you, Paul is like 37, I think. So are you trying to argue that this is like what he could have had in his prime? They hit with KD joining the team? I mean, I don't want to sit here and say KD's Kobe like or anything like no, that. No, I mean, you got like, Book. Like, Book loves Kobe, so he compares himself to that. And then, yeah. you know, Chris Paul being Chris Paul. And, and, and I then, mean, KD might be the most unstoppable scorer in NBA history, too, at, you know, at, at his size and mm-hmm. length and how he's able to, you know, score the ball from inside out. And then you got a big man presence in DeAndre Ayton. He could ball. He true. could be more aggressive and a little bit more energy, but he could ball. So do you yeah. like? Are you comparing it to say like this is is this his best shot to win a championship this year? Absolutely. I mean, besides obviously twenty twenty one where they fell short, and that eighteen team, I think the Rockets. If he would have stayed healthy, I think they would have they would have beat the Warriors in that series, they and should've. I and they would have took they would have took the Cavs because yeah. obviously well, the, no, I that Houston I, team when they were hot with Harden, 
they Trevor Reza was hitting threes for that. I mean, Trevor yeah. Reza played on a lot of teams, almost like the Josh Johnson of the NBA. But it's like mm-hmm. I'm not well, I'm saying he's Josh Johnson, but I'm saying he bounced around yeah. a lot. Like now kinda of like Jay Crowder bounced around twice within twenty four hours this week. I mean I mean, but he had to. He he even sat out mm-hmm. for the season. He I mean, like, cause he did not want to play. I don't know what happened in Phoenix why know. something went left. That's why I'm not too confident in them winning it this year. Because they still need to develop some chemistry within having KD there. Because then, remember, that's the same thing we had with the mindset of going into Brooklyn. All they needed was talent. They had no chemistry. We just think, oh, they didn't really need to play with each other. You got two great players. And what did two great players lead to? They were really winning that much. They haven't done much because they just solely relied on talent before having camaraderie there. You know what I'm saying? I I think there was a lot of outside elements, too, that went into it. You know, starting with the pandemic. Uh, then the vaccine vaccine thing with Kyrie, mm-hmm. also injuries to both Kyrie and KD. So I think there was a lot of uh, a lot of wrenches that were kind of like thrown in there that kind of messed up some of that developing chemistry that you're talking about because chemistry is definitely important here. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's already some type of chemistry built with the core of the of the Suns right now. You know, coming off a recent final trip, Mm-mm. I don't think so. You don't because think so. the way they lost last year, you could tell something was wrong. And I'm not just going based off the DeAndre Ayton situation with Monty Williams because he said one of the most important quotes going into that season, like during like you know the press conferences, that he did not speak to his coach all summer, even going into training camp. How do you not speak to your coach going into training camp at all? Which means there's still some turmoil from the last time that, you know, from what happened in a loss. And then, you know, he was set to leave in the offseason because the Pacers offered him 132 mil max contract and then Phoenix matched it. And then that's how he brought him back there. Mm-hmm. So it's still, there's still something there as to why something's not fully there. Because even I saw the Mikel's Bridges play when he was there. He had a different type of energy when he was playing on the floor. Like the Suns, you saw it last year because they won the most, They I think they had the, the league best. A record with 66 something yeah in the regular season yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so they they had chemistry there but once that loss happened and then monty williams falling out with with deandre ayton and then chris paul he's a general sometimes but some people want to put the narrative on on him that he's not you know he could be a nuisance and not really lead a team sometimes as people may portray him to be so that's why i feel like it might be a little bit of trouble why they might not win it but i feel like it can come around in the future yeah um I, yeah, I think you bring up some valid points. My my thing with my only thing with Aiden is if things were so so bad that it would really affect the overall team chemistry to where they wouldn't be a winner. I don't think they would have brought him back because, like you said, they they had the opportunity to match the Pistons deal, and they Pacers. did. Pacers, Pacers, was like, it? Yeah, it was the was Pacers. it the Pacers? Okay, mm-hmm. so so they they matched the Pacers deal, and they they brought him back. I, I I'm looking forward to it. Um. I think there's obviously a lot of potential there. I do think it does position them as favorites in the West. But they, they do need to get some playing time together, obviously mm-hmm. figure out how to play with one another because they're, they're also going to have to replace now two key role players yeah, uh, in Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson. Right. So you're going to have to have some guys come off the bench that maybe haven't played too much this season and step up, especially as we're heading into the All-Star break and we're going to be you know slowly approaching that second half you know, stretch run mm-hmm. part of the season. And that that's where really they're going to need to start clicking. I, I wouldn't be too worried if a little bit off the bat, it's a little rough, but definitely after the 
all-star break. They need to start click, uh, clicking as a unit. And unfortunately, that's going to be about it for the NBA talk as we are hitting the 48-minute mark of the hour. And that means that we only have about, you know, 12 minutes left here on this uh, Friday's edition of Offsides. Uh, we have a fun top five, though, coming up next. I, I hope you guys liked this uh this uh, idea I had, it was, it was, it was inspired by a conversation I had last night with my roommates. We were talking about the rising popularity of pickleball. You've seen some pro athletes invest some money into it. So I got to thinking, what are some recess or gym, you know, games, sports that you played in school, or, you know, you still play that you would, if you could wake up tomorrow and be a professional at, but that's going to come up after the break. So be sure to stick around. And we're going to start off with a community calendar update. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by do donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassboroofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassboroofoodbank.org. For more information, this community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Stick around. We have more offsides coming up after these messages. Join me, Gina, every Sunday from 7 to 10 a.m. for the Sunday Sounds of Music. I'll bring you all the toe-tapping hits of the Great White Way that will have you singing along in no time. Who wants to sing show tunes? Plus, I'll have Broadway news, blocks of Broadway, and tickets to some of the hottest shows around. That's the Sunday Sounds of Music with me, Gina, every Sunday, right here on your station for the Broadway music that matters, Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our host will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, traffic, and weather. And, of course, the music that matters. Start off your day right with the Early Bird Special. Every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m., only on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. This is Offsides with your Friday host, Connor Brown, joined by Shomer Ben Yisrael and Justin Locke. We had a pretty good show today as, as we talked a little, you know, Super Bowl action as we have that coming up on Sunday. Talked about LeBron passing Kareem. Talked about the Kevin Durant trade too and kind of how that's going to work out with the Suns. But I think it's time to really get down to what the people have been waiting for. And it's the top five. And we're going to go with what recess or gym sport would you want to compete in professionally if they could. This top five is inspired by the recent popularity rising in pickleball as there has been some pro leagues popping up, some professional athletes putting their money into it. Does anyone want to start? 
So I, wow, it's actually one. I think one of them would have to. I think there is a league for it, if I'm not mistaken. It's handball. Yeah. So there can be a league for it too. Oh, really? Okay. So sorry. All right. I'm saying tomorrow morning you wake up and you're a professional in. I'm in the handball league for sure, cause I I can just literally just yeah yeah just all the time with my hand. I have abnormal hands for my size. They're pretty relatively big according to my some of my friends, but you know I feel like it would be very dynamic. I think that's what my hands were meant for, just hand professional handball. You got four more? Or oh, four. Oh, I'm doing the top yeah, five. Yeah, okay, okay. top five, man. Um, dodgeball for sure, dodgeball, kickball. I think I gotta. I got that foot, man. I think I got the. I think I could boot something really far. Um, I would definitely try pickleball, just to see, just to see. I mean, it looks very, very. Ha, very have, you, have you not played pickleball before? No, I, oh, I never. I never. And it, it, it just. It wasn't appealing to me at first. You know, it just didn't look appealing at, at all. But then after a while, it just looks like you know what. If I was in pickleball, I probably would dominate. I just have to know the rules. We we had a gym teacher who was just insane at it, and he, he took pleasure really? in just beating everyone because mm-hmm. he he, he could have. He's probably someone who's at that level who could play pro. Like he he was that good. Oh wow, yeah. And probably for a last one, man, I don't know. That's a, that's really. I said dodgeball already. Yeah, I think that would probably be it. Just like those those four right there. I can't even come up with a five, but. Pickleball would definitely be one I would definitely try because I never played pickleball day in my life. All right, I got one through five here. Uh, tag I know is a professional <laughs> thing, but mm-hmm. I, I as a kid, tag, tag was a great I thing. It. I've seen I've seen adults play tag and it looks insane to be real. I mean, didn't there, wasn't there a movie? There was a movie called Tag. There was yeah. freeze tag or regular tag. I think freeze tag would be a little bit better. A little bit better. Yeah. I, I I think. I think any version of tag is good though, like especially if it's like let's say money was on the line, it would be insane to watch. What about hospital tag? You ever play hospital tag? No, I haven't. Oh, what was that? That's when you used to like when they would hit like your arm and then you can't use your arm no yes. more. And yes. then like if they hit your leg, oh, you wow. can't use your leg no more. Yeah, hospital tag. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was so much fun. Dude. Yeah, it was, man. <laughs> I got capture the flag. I think would be an interesting Ooh, one. Okay. Okay. I I know it's, of course. I mean, this is our recess game, so. I'm thinking of Call of Duty. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got frisbee on here. I know frisbee's a, a big thing, but I think I don't know. As a kid, I liked frisbee, so I think I, if I had to pick a pressure sport, I think I could try to go out frisbee probably. Kickball, kickball is a classic, and then I really like dodgeball. So yeah. I think dodgeball. I think if they threw out a dodgeball league right now, I think it would get a lot of success. I think there's a dodgeball movie, and I think that was a funny movie. Great so. movie. You never seen the dodge? You never seen dodgeball? No, I have. Yeah. Oh, you have? Oh, I, oh, I was yeah. saying, I was saying there is a dodgeball. Oh, movie. I, I, oh, I thought okay. you said no, you've you, never you seen think- it. I was like, oh, whoa. no, no, like, Vince, yeah. Vince Vaughn. No, I've, I've seen yeah. it plenty okay. of times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Vince Vaughn. Is no, right, yeah. I, I didn't know yeah. if we just had to, you know, give you a uh, quick education. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't yeah. have to do any extra school today. Um, so what were your five again? You had tag, capture the flag, frisbee. Dodgeball and kickball. Okay, and you were dodgeball, kickball. Uh, it was dodgeball, kickball, handball, and pickleball. And, and pickleball. Yeah. All right. Did you guys ever play Kill the Castle? It sounds familiar. So Kill the Castle, it was kind of like dodgeball, where you start off with a bunch of balls, you know, on the half court line. Mm-hmm. You all run up, try to get it, but in the back, you have two castles that were made out of hula hoops. 
Mm. So there was a certain way that you position the hula hoops. Like the one was the base. You put two in and you put another on top and it'd make like a, a little structure that kind of looked like a quote unquote castle. Okay. And the objective of the game was to try to knock down every castle. I, I think there might've been more than two castles. There might've been like four of them, but the objective of the game is to knock down each castle without the other team rebuilding them in time. So you'd have strikers, you have people defending the castle. Mm, it defenders. was just absolute chaos. If you were good at both, I mean, you were a god. Uh, uh, that that game was so much fun. Being um, a defender sounds crazy. Being the defender was a lot of fun too, because you, you could feel like you were, you know, you were, sac- you were sacrificing yourself for a greater good. <laughs> a greater good. <laughs> and I think part of the game too was it did have an element of dodgeball, where if you did get hit and uh, you didn't block or anything, you were you were out as well. Mm. I, I could be making that part up because it has been a while, and I just kind of remembered it on the spot. Okay. I just forgot how much – that's why I fully explained it because I, I love that game. Red Rover. Red Rover. Red Rover would be fun. I remember Red Rover. I mean, a lot of people get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> with, with uh, you know, how we view concussions nowadays, maybe Red Rover isn't the best game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it would be fun. Mm-hmm. Wall Ball. That's wall true. Ball. Wall Ball. I miss Wall Ball. There's, is it Wall Ball like – or is it – that's the same thing as what's what's wall ball. Wall ball is you have a wall, mm-hmm. you have a ball, mm-hmm. and you throw it against the wall. Isn't that handball? No, that's not handball. No, H- handball is the one where you're trying to throw it into a goal. Wall ball is you're throwing it off the wall, and the object- objective is to field it cleanly. So if it's hit, if you hit it off the wall and it's in the air and you fumble it, mm-hmm. then you have to run and touch the wall before another person picks up the ball. And, and uh, throws it at the wall. Oh, then, yeah, definitely. Also, wall ball is what I meant to say earlier. Oh, it is? Yeah, so it's definitely wall ball. Dude, wall ball, and we uh, back in, like, middle school, we had this perfect, I mean, perfect wall for it because it was, like, the school was all level, and then where where we played recess, there was this huge brick wall where the gymnasium was because, you know, mm-hmm. usually gymnasiums have higher roofs because you have the basketball court in there. Yeah. So it's just this beautiful just brick. And uh, that, that, that was some of the best, most fun I had a, a, as a kid just playing that. Um. There's two. I've I've kind of I've killed the castle, Red Rover, Wall Ball, Dodgeball. I mean that yeah, is an absolute. I feel like that's the that's the overall consensus right there. Yeah. Absolutely. And then an, another one to to round out my top five is Mat Ball. Now got, explain this one to me, Mat Ball. So it, it might have a different name because my roommate uh, Dave brought it up to me last night and it didn't sound familiar to me at first, but when he explained it, I remembered it. It it's kind of like kickball, but you get to choose. To stay at a base. So, so, so the objective is to kick the ball and try to make your way all the way home. So, kick uh, the ball and try to make it all the way home, and then you can stay on the base if you yep. want. So, let's say that you bunt it. Okay. You get onto first, mm-hmm. and then the next person who comes up and kicks, um, they kick it and it goes high in the air. Mm-hmm. You have to make the judgment on, on whether that's gonna, if it drops then I can advance a bag, but if he catches it, you know, I, I can't go anywhere. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do, do you get what I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of saying? I, yeah, it's I'm like you're a, judging, like, whether... It's like, like Pickle. You ever play Pickle? Yeah, it's in a sense. It, it's yeah. it's similar to Pickle in that you pick and choose when to run, and it still has that baseball element in it, so if you catch the ball in the air, mm-hmm. you have to stay on the bag, but if the ball's on the ground, then you can kind of get into a Pickle, try to force, you know, an error... Um, it, it, a lot of it too is about risk and okay. kind of judgment of where you know where the ball is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and he called it mat ball. It, it might have a 
probably tons of names to it. Tons of names to it. I mean, probably same with uh, a lot of the stuff I said here. Um, but, you know, th- that game was a lot of fun, too. And, and actual handball, too. That would probably be my honorable mention. I remember yes. playing that in gym. Yes. Actual handball is a lot of fun. So, yeah. So, that, that that's our top five. I, I feel like that was pretty good. Uh, do you think we uh, missed anything, though? I mean, hey, I mean, one of them is actually, like, you know, if this was a professional, like, league of doing it, if <laughs> it would be funny, but they would have to, like, don't do it for money. If they made, like, a professional 21 league. So, like, it would be, it don't matter how many people, it could probably be up to, like, maybe 10 people could just play, but they would mm-hmm. all have to scrap and play to get to the, get to 21. Remind me about 21. So playing basketball. All right, so when you're playing basketball, and yeah. then it's like, you know, to play the game of 21, the oh, first oh, one oh. to get to 21. Oh, all right. It's the free throw line game, right? And you have the Not, two rebounders? Nah. No, it's no. just like, oh. yeah, like you're all like just scrapping. Oh, play yeah. 21. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, First okay. player to get 21, it could be twos or, uh, or ones or twos because, you know, if you're most likely playing outside. But if you're playing yeah. indoors, then twos or threes. And then the first one to get to 21. But imagine just up to 10 people and that was a professional league. Mm. That would be pretty cool. That would be. I – I had the thought the other day, if one of the shot clocks on one of the baskets goes out in an NBA game, they should be forced to just play half court three on three. That mm. is, I, I, I had that idea when I was, I was watching the other day and someone's shot clock went off and I was like, that would be awesome right now if they just played half court three on three. I'd love to go into more about that. But unfortunately, that's all we have today for today's offside episode. Shomer and Justin, thank you guys so much for coming today. I think we had a great, great time here. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the best offsides host, Connor Brown, you can catch me <laughs> every Friday from 6 to 10. I was about to say, whoa. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I have been up since 5.30 a.m. You had a long day, man. I had a double, and I've been doing interviews all day. So sorry if I, right if I sound a bit scrambled. But, uh, you know, I love doing this. So you can catch me every Friday from 5 to 6 right here on Channel 2. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and have a Great weekend, and wish Shomer a happy birthday. Yeah. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Oh,